The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 2, and you can remain standing as we honor the Word of God, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, thank you Pastor Alex, Minister Micah and team, appreciate you. Are you ready? All right. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, And the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judea are not least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. He's a liar. He's lying. Verse 9. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures and presented gifts, To him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you for what you're going to do, Lord, even in the moments that remain in this service. I pray and ask that you would give us living understanding that we would never be the same after this morning, after this evening and your word as it's preached in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may or may not realize it, but the Christmas holiday is the most celebrated occasion in all the earth. There is no other occasion celebrated like the one we're celebrating starting tonight and tomorrow. There is no other holiday in any other religion more celebrated than this one worldwide. It is worldwide celebrated, not always on the 25th. And how many of you know Jesus wasn't born on December 25th? How many of you know that? Some scholars say September, and there's a number of reasons that we're celebrating it now, but I don't want to get into that. It was 
mostly a holiday put together by the church. But this text that we read uh, from the book of Matthew is a text that points to Jesus as king. In fact, the theme of the book of Matthew is that Jesus is king. Now, Wednesday night, if you were here, you're going to hear some very similar, uh, similar things that I shared on Wednesday night. And uh, I've repackaged it just a little bit different tonight. But I felt like this is what the Lord would have me share with you on this Christmas Eve. And so Jesus' birth is celebrated all over the world. But what many people don't know is that his birth was anticipated. The birth of a Savior was anticipated worldwide at that time that He came. In fact, so much so was was the birth of a Savior anticipated that Augustus Caesar took the title Savior and Lord to preempt any Savior or Lord that might show up on the scene. How many of you know it didn't work? And so there's these wise men. One version says magi, and they come. They were a group of people, uh, well-educated, coming from Persia. They were probably counselors to the throne there. Most likely, they were disciples of the prophet Daniel. And some say there were Zoroastrianists. So if you want to Google that later, you can. But they come and they, and they, they come to worship the Lord. They, they show up in Jerusalem. Now, many people say, you know, three wise men. There's not three wise men. There's three gifts. It doesn't talk about three wise men. It says they gave three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, all prophetic gifts. And so they come on this journey and they show up at Jerusalem supernaturally guided by a star. Wow. Supernaturally guided by a star. You know, the Bible says that he'll do signs in the heavens and the earth below. And God does that. God does supernatural things in the heavenlies, even with stars and stuff. And so they follow this star and they come to Jerusalem. Now their journey was most likely a year and a half to two years one way. And it's such a large entourage that all of Jerusalem hears about it. And of course, Herod hears about it. And Herod was a, um, a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh yeah, he, he killed his wife, he killed his brother. He always thought that somebody's trying to take his throne. And so they show up to talk to Herod. And Herod doesn't know where the, the, the savior of the world, the, the ruler is going to be born. So he brings in... The scholars of the day, those who studied the Torah. Now understand this, that all of Israel, all of Jerusalem, all of God's people in that day, in that hour, were crying out for deliverance from Rome. They were crying out for a Messiah. And if you really understand Judaism, they're still crying out for the Messiah. They're still crying out. How many of you know he's coming again? And so their whole life, from the time they were small boys, is to memorize the the, the Torah, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. They would memorize the whole thing. And, And they were in school, and they prayed, and it was like, Lord, come, send Mashiach, send Messiah. That's what their heart's cry was. So Herod calls all the scholars and says, tell me, where is the Messiah to be born. And they said, well, that's simple. The prophet says, 
And he quotes the Old Testament. He says, in Bethlehem. And Herod said, thank you very much. And he tells the wise men in Bethlehem. And they're like, right, awesome, thanks. He says, now, when you find him, come back and tell me so I can worship him too. And of course, he's lying. And the Magi and their entire entourage, now, we do not know how many people it is, but if you study and you look in history how big an entourage was, how many, I mean, they would have servants, they had food, they had camels, they had housing. I mean, it's a three-year or four-year camping trip, round trip. Anybody going camping for, come on, where's my hunters? You're gone for a month. Okay, how about three years? Yeah, and they didn't have RVs. They had camels and stuff. And so they would go and, and pack food and all of that long journey. And so these wise men who followed this constellation go to Bethlehem and the constellation goes before him. And it comes over this house and they, they come and they worship Jesus. They worship him. He's not a little baby in a manger. You know, we love the little drummer boy song and all of that. Yeah, Jesus is about two years old. And they offer him these three gifts and their prophetic gifts. We'll talk about that in a moment. Here's what's amazing. On this Christmas Eve, there are people that are just like Herod. There are people that are just like the religious leaders of the day, the scholars. And I believe that God still has wise men as well. So what do you mean there's people just like Herod? Herod wanted to kill Jesus. He wanted to kill him. He was afraid. He rejected the Lord. And he was absolutely violent towards him. I think he was intimidated that maybe this king would take his throne. And there are some that are just like Herod. They come just, just like Herod. They won't really surrender to God. Because they're afraid he's going to change their world. Oh, he'll change your world. But actually, actually, actually what happens is he gives you what you've really longed for all your life. It's a great distortion, a misconception to think that if you give your life to, the, to Jesus, you give your life to the Messiah, you surrender to him, that he'll take your life and just make you go, you know, eat worms in Africa or something. You know, for the kingdom. He alone satisfies. Would you say that? Say, Jesus alone satisfies. Ready, set, go. Jesus alone satisfies. But Herod didn't know that. And there are some that won't really serve God even though they believe that he exists. And Herod was a believer, but he wasn't a receiver. You understand? He believed, oh yeah, yeah. In fact, we were in Bethlehem, but about seven weeks ago, something like that. And we saw what's called the grave of the innocents. They found all these babies' bones. And they believe, they're the, they come on, there's a genocide that took place that Herod killed all the babies in Bethlehem from two years old and under. Crazy, wicked, evil. Jesus was spared because God spoke to Joseph in a dream and they went off to Egypt, fulfilling yet another scripture that says, out of Egypt I called my son. There are some like Herod, don't be a Herod. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, don't be a Herod. Now, the religious leaders of the day, they, they are, they're really something because we don't want to be like that either. Come on, get a hold of this. I'm not going to preach long to you, but get a hold of this. Get a hold of the fact that you have these religious leaders. I told you they memorize the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Their whole life was about the Torah. Their whole life was about prayer. Their whole life is about teaching others. Their whole life is about interceding and waiting, tarrying for the Messiah. 
And so now you have this odd group of people from Persia show up, strange clothes, and you also have a supernatural sign in the heavens, a, a celestial body. Everybody saw that. Oh, everybody in Jerusalem's like, dude, you seen the star? Yeah, I wonder what that's about. And then can you imagine on that, that day that the entourage came in and this star, this shine, we don't know if it's a comet. I mean, we don't know what it is. And somehow it led them right to the house. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I'm blown away by Aurora Borealis. Anybody else? Yeah, this was really moving, the star that heralded the king of kings who stepped out of time, stepped out of eternity, pardon me, into time and space, humbled himself to be born in a manger. And the religious leaders knew the prophecy, stood there, see this, see the star, see, and they go, yeah, it's in Bethlehem. Do you need anything else? Because I need to go back to my studies. Do, what? Is that it? Very good. Very good. Let's go. Let's go. What? Okay, yeah. And, and, and they, you know, they head off. And they go back to whatever they're going to. Is that not shocking to you? Don't you, wouldn't you think that they would be like, whoa, snap. Dude, let's go to Bethlehem. That's not their response. And there are people just like that. They, they know the truth. They know that Jesus is king. They know Jesus is Lord. They'll come to church once a year. Maybe you're here tonight. Come to church once a year, but never really surrender, never really worship. Listen, there are people in schools that, that know the Word of God intellectually more than anybody else here. But it's never made a difference. Listen, if all you do is study the Word, and it never goes 18 inches down into your heart to bring about repentance and a changed life, then all you've done is become a religious person. And I'm going to tell you something. We don't need any more religious people. We need people who have a deep relationship with God, who are willing to live a lifestyle of repentance and prayer and brokenness and knowing who they are and knowing what they've been called to do. That, that's what God's trying to get your heart tonight. God's not trying to teach you some intellectual exercise and so that you can actually know more, so maybe you can impress somebody at the next group you're at or something. Don't be a Herod. Don't be a Sadducee, a Pharisee, a couldn't see, a wouldn't see. Don't be like that. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Go ahead, tell him. Now, the third group of people in this text is the Magi. The Magi, the wise men. And they come and they worship with tremendous dedication a year and a half each direction. I mean, think about how long did it take you to come to church tonight? And I'm so glad you're here. If you came from Anchorage, okay, let's say it took you an hour. Anybody further than Anchorage that came specifically? I know we've got people that have flown in and family. We're so glad you're here. But I mean, you didn't take a plane, I don't think, to come to the service. I think those days will come. But I don't think, did anybody fly in specifically for this service? Okay. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying, look at the dedication. Look at what they did. They changed their lives. They gathered their money. They took their possessions to go on a three-year, some say it's two years each way. It could have been as much as four years for one moment in a worship service. Whoa. 
We lived in Hawaii for years and people wouldn't come to church because it rained. I've not so much seen that in Alaska. I see if it rains or snows and people still come, praise God. Football I've seen take people out of church though. Come on, how insane is it that somebody would paint their face half green or something, wear a cheese hat, and scream their head off over a piece of pig skin going through a set of uprights, but you can't get excited about Jesus? You won't tell me that's something. That's weird. I think that's just totally weird. <laughs> okay. I, come on, that's strange. Amen. Go, right? Go Seahawks. Praise God. But I was trying to, I, I remember reaching to somebody I hadn't seen in church in a while. And he said, well, pastor, I can't come. I said, why not? He says, the game. I said, dude. Dude, I think you got your priorities jacked. Come on, get your DVR out for the love of God and come to church and serve him. Plus, we got Sunday night. Plus, we got Wednesday. The game's a bad excuse. The Magi, they came and worshipped tremendous dedication. They worshipped with tremendous reverence and, and sacrificially. They came and they brought frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Frankincense is uh, an ingredient that's used in the anointing oil. A picture of the anointing, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news. Jesus was the anointed one. He brings gold, a picture of his deity. Wow. Also, I think it provided provision for Joseph to go to Egypt right after he had a dream. He had immediate a wedge of gold as vacation money. And then thirdly, myrrh. Myrrh is for embalming. So on this Christmas Eve, don't be a Herod. Don't be somebody that rejects the Lord because of your own lifestyle or not wanting to change. And really what he's going to do is going to, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't be like Herod. Don't be like the religious leaders. They just are indifferent. They're filled with apathy. They don't really care. Be like the wise men. Wise men. Wise, wise women. Be wise. Love God with all your heart. How, how dedicated are you to serving Him? How dedicated are you to worship Him and worshiping Him? And, and even, I think, to study because, you know, they had to study. There's many people that have more degrees than a thermometer, but they can't do anything in the earth. I think it's good to have an education, and we believe in that. But you have to have intimacy in a relationship with Jesus. And these wise men, they studied for years to figure out, hey, this is the sign. And you need to study the word to show yourself approved. But if all you do is has the word, you might just dry up. You need more than the word. You need the spirit, and then you'll grow up. You need the word and the spirit. You need both. If you just have the spirit, you'll blow up. Come on. Don't wave, don't wave your hand at me if you know somebody that blew up. Shucking and jiving all over the place, got no character, no integrity, can't keep their word. We want to be wise men. Come on, someone say, Lord, make me like a wise man. Make me like the wise man. Worship team, would you come, please? With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. 
If you're not right with God, we want to be sure to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Him. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, or, or maybe you did, but you drifted away in your walk with the Lord. I know of no greater way to respond to tonight's message and to Christmas Eve than to give your life to Jesus. Surrender to Him. There's a hole in your life, and the only one that can fill that is God. Money can't fill it. And if you're running after that because you haven't had got a bunch of money yet to figure it out that it doesn't work, I'll just tell you it doesn't work. Fame, fortune, nothing of the flesh. There's no relationship that can truly satisfy that place that's on the inside of you, on the inside of me. Only Jesus made you. Look, He created you. He created you. The Bible says that while we're yet in your mother's womb that He knit you together. Did you know that God does crochet? Any crocheters out there? He knit you together in your mother's womb. Before you were in your mother's womb, He knew you. He told Jeremiah that. He told you, you know, that God knows you. So even before you're conceived, God knows you. That's right. That's why we're one of the many reasons we're against abortion. So he knows you. And the one who knows you, the one who made you, the one who breathed life into you, the one who's sustaining your heartbeat within your chest right now is the one who reached through out of eternity to make a way for your sin and mine to be washed, to be cleansed. Have you ever lied before? Have you? Have you ever lied? Yes. Don't lie again. Yes, you have. You ever stolen? Yes, you have. You ever cheated? Of course. You ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yes. All of those things are common to being a human being. Welcome to the human race. Every one of us has done those things. Some of you more than others. Examine your heart right now. If you died tonight, God forbid... But if this was your last night, you would never breathe again. If it was all over after you walked out of the building, where would you find yourself? Do you know that your sins are forgiven? Do you know that heaven's your home? This is what Christmas is all about. Born in the lowest of places, a manger. Come on, animals are in mangers. A manger is a feeding trough. It's a stall. Examine your life right now. Are you right with God? If you're not, I implore you. I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Those online, those in the lobby. Come on, are you right with God? If you're not, won't you give your life to me? You say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. On the count of three, I want you to just lift your hand up as an acknowledgement that you're going to repent tonight, that you're going to give your life to Jesus, that you're going to surrender to Him. He was crucified for you. He rose again from the grave for you in fulfillment of the Scriptures. Over 300 Old Testament Scriptures He fulfilled. Came Emmanuel, God with us, to reconcile mankind unto Himself. If that's you, give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or make a recommitment because you drifted away. 
You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or you want to recommit because you've drifted in your walk with the Lord and you want to come home on this Christmas Eve. Lift your hand to the count of three. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. Leave your hand raised. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that hand, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Wow. Hands going up all over. God bless you. Thank you. God bless 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 you. Would you stand with us? Whether you raised your hand or not on this Christmas Eve, pray this prayer right out loud with all your heart. Come on, affirm your faith. Those of you that are walking within, I'm thankful. Make an affirmation of your belief right now with these that recommit or give their lives to the Lord for the first time. Come on, say with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. As the, our ushers come to light the candelabra, would you just lift your hands to Jesus? Holy Spirit. Come on, it's just a sign of surrender, that's all. The Hebrew word for it is yada. It is a very scriptural thing to do. It's just yielding to Him right now. Now, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon these. Wash off any weariness. Heal any brokenheartedness. Oh God, fill these, I pray, with your precious Holy Spirit. Right now, break every bondage. Break every chain. Pour out your Spirit on their families, their loved ones. Intervene in their lives, spiritually, financially, emotionally. Lord, touch us. We don't want to be like Herod. We don't want to be they're just a religious people that are indifferent. We want to be like wise men who worship you with all of our heart, with all our mind, our soul, and strength. God, touch these now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor Alex. I think you know this song. Sing with us, won't you?
everyone serve and receive communion all together. Well, let's continue to worship.
Thank you for serving us. Pastor Karen, would you come? Thanks, John. If you haven't been served, would you be certain to? get the attention of one of our ushers. This is communion, also called the Lord's Supper. Grape juice and matzah bread. Grape juice so that we don't stumble any covering alcoholics. And, but very powerful symbols. You see, the cup represents his blood, and the bread represents his broken body. And the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. In likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it, and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So what we're doing is one of the, it's a, it's a covenant act. It's not just a religious thing. It, it's really a very, very powerful moment. The Apostle Paul talked about how powerful it was and how important it was to do this in a, a manner worthy. And here's how you do that. You, you do this in remembrance of him and what that means in remembrance and to be worthy is you remember that not only did Jesus come and die, not only was he born in the manger, rather, and walked the earth for 33 and a half years, but he took your sin, he took mine upon the cross. The Bible says it's by his stripes you're healed. So right now on this Christmas Eve, and service is almost over. We're going to light all those candles here in just a moment. But Examine your heart. Where are you? Come on, ask Him to forgive you for where you've fallen short. Wrong thoughts or attitudes or motives. Lord, forgive me. Forgive us, God. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to you, you're faithful and just 
to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're cleansed from all unrighteousness, what, what does that leave? Righteousness is what it is. Right standing with God. Sin thrown as far as the east is from the west. So, Lord, we receive your death, your resurrection. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your healing. We receive your shalom, your wholeness right now. And we declare that you are coming again. And we thank and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's eat and drink together. Once again, the cracking cup is uh, not doctrine or anything, but years ago, it does have biblical truth. Years ago, preached a message about how the blood breaks every curse. We took communion. I smashed my cup, and people have been smashing them ever since. So you don't have to smash your cup, but if you want to, it's fun. Yeah. Would you pass those shards or the cup... uh, to the center aisle. Now, if you're 13 and older, well, at 12, 13, around that age, you should have been given one of these when you came in. All right, so as soon as your hands are free, I think one year we tried to do lit candles and communion. didn't work out so good. We're getting wiser as we get older. Here's how this will work. If I could have my staff just come right up front here. No. Just make a line right up front. Here's what we're doing. Pastor Karen and I are going to light these. Then we're going to light all these guys' candles and they're going to begin to light through the whole place, all right? So if you don't have a light, just find somebody that does. It's a picture. Listen, it's a picture of how the gospel spreads. We're supposed to be a city on a hill, and that is exactly what we are. We're supposed to be burning, shining lamps for God. So Pastor Karen, just go ahead and light Pastor Kirsten, jump on in. Just start from the front. Do whatever you want, really. All right. You don't have to do one at a time. You can reach and go for it, you know, once that flame gets to you. Now, if you could keep the wax off the carpet, appreciate that. Praise God. Ushers, would you assist us with candles up on the platform, please? And you can begin to knock those lights out. Yeah, look at that. That's look at that spreading all over. Beautiful.
Go ahead and knock those lights, would you? Praise God. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Sometimes when I see candles and stuff, I just want to whisper. Is anybody going to? Pastor Alex, would you lead us in anything you want to? Silent night. Holy night. mindful and knowing that you are the light of the world and you have called us to be salt and light and Lord we thank you for your word that's truly a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path Lord we just worship you and God we declare even as holding these candles that we will burn for you, that we will shine for you, holding out the word of truth amongst a dark and a crooked and a depraved generation, and that we would see a mighty fire, a fire of your spirit, a fire of your spirit would burn, not only in our own hearts, but in our marriages, in our families, in our homes, and across the state, there'd be a mighty fire of revival. It would sweep down into Canada, sweep down into the Northwest, burn with blazing fervency and zeal across America and even to the nations of the earth. And we thank you for saving us. 
We thank you for delivering us. We thank you for all that you're doing. And we trust you with every infinitesimal detail of our lives, knowing that we are the ones on whom the ends of the ages have come. May we remain faithful and loyal. May we not, God, be pulled to the right or the left by the cares of this world or the perversity. You'd keep us, you'd protect us, and we would walk united even as one man contending for the faith until the kingdoms of men become the kingdoms of our Lord and God. In the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus. There's a number of healings that are taking place. Right now, physical healings, there's emotional healings. There's a father that's here with a broken heart, he'll heal you. He'll heal you now if you just ask. There's some people with concerns with the really critical type diseases, cancer. I command you to go. Every disease, I command you to go. Let every single person in this place be healed right now. By the power of the name of Jesus. Depression, go. Suicidal thoughts, we command you to go. Lord, let your kingdom come, God, here right now in our homes. God, in our valley. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We exalt you, we magnify you. Jesus. Thank you. Just say thank you to him. Thank you, Lord. What some of you might be experiencing right now is the presence of God. This will be done in just a moment. Don't be in a rush. Just a moment longer, we'll close. But His presence is here. Let Him touch you. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's the answer to every human need. Let Him touch you right now. Lord, thank you. Come on, just say thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we celebrate you. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Peace and goodwill to men. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We celebrate you, God. There's no one like you. No one can compare to you. Woo. <laughs> Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Woo. I'd ask you to put your hands together and clap, but that might be dangerous. Come on, why don't you just say praise God. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Bless you. Have a wonderful holiday. We'll see you over the weekend. Praise God. Be sure to blow those out if you will. We love you. Merry Christmas again and Happy New Year.
Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.